What up, what up, what up? Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Buffalo Binge. As always, I'm here with my good fella, Eric. How are you today, buddy? I'm good. How are you, AY? I'm good, man. Hey, Memorial Day weekend came and went. We had a blast. I mean, Graham was over here all weekend, you know? Yeah, it felt like I was. <laughs> it was uh, at least a full day yeah. that I spent here with you, and we, we had a blast. We had a fire, cookout, Yep. did a couple podcasts. It was fun. Milkshakes at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a chocolate milkshake at 10 <laughs> in the morning, though. Let's be honest. But no, yeah, I had a great weekend. I, I know the guys that were here had a great weekend. and it, it was nice actually seeing everybody, you know, since all this stuff's been going on, the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it. it's been hard not being able to spend time with people. But you know what? When you do get that time together, it, it makes it that much better. It, it does. And and uh, thank thank you to all the fallen soldiers that allowed us to have this weekend and to be around our family and friends. You guys are the ultimate sacrifice to everything that we're allowed here to do on the States. And uh, can't be thanked enough uh, to all the families out there. Uh, we're with you. Our prayers are with you. And, um, you know, thank you. It, it allows us to be able to come here and do what we're doing right now which is talking sports and new york's kind of uh opened up some off-season training camps and but first i'd like to dive into the sabers not making this 24 team bracket that the nhl is allowed <laughs> yeah the 25th ranked team out of 20 out of the 24 that are going to the playoffs of course the sabers miss it dude yeah it's it's just a disappointment but what else is new from the sabers organization yeah. the last five years yeah it, it's just it's hard. And did you see that they're they're bringing Botterill back for another year? I did see that. And I know we've we've talked about that a little bit amongst ourselves. And, you know, maybe the only way I can see this being logical is just the timing of the whole entire thing. Yeah, with, with everything with the quarantines going on and just the draft coming up after after the playoffs, whenever the playoffs do begin. Yeah. Um, at least the Sabres are in the same place that they always are and ready for that draft lottery. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's why they kept Botterill. I, I think it'd be a little difficult to have a new guy come in here and start scouting out the talent. His team's already been out there. He's been sending scouts out all season. So they've already got more information than anybody that they can bring in. Yeah. It's just, it's just disappointing. Cause I feel like it's time. Yeah. Like, I, I, the three years that this guy's been here, he hasn't done very much to improve this team. If anything, I think he's hurt this team mm-hmm. more than he's improved it. And with that being trading away of Andrew Kane, trading away Ryan O'Reilly, and just getting first round picks for them, basically, and and a couple guys, yeah, that, that barely play. Right. I mean, they went out. They got Wayne Simmons though a little later in the season, yeah, little tail end like right of his the, career. Right but... at the right at the the deadline, they got Simmons, and that that's okay. But like that would have been a really good move like yep. five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like in his prime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, just like the bills, man. I think it's just something that Sabres fans are just waiting for the day. They can go to a game, feel good about their team. Yeah. And you know what? It, in the beginning of the season, you get that. You do. You get that feeling and it's great Yeah, because the Sabres start out hot like every year and then they just collapse. Yep. And it's so hard, but like, I go to a whole bunch of games every year mm-hmm. from the beginning of the year, closer to the end of the year. And you can just see when fans stop caring. Yeah. And it's sad. It because, is sad. Like near the end of the year, you can go to games for like $10 a ticket. Yep. You sit pretty much wherever you want. Cause the stadium is empty. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's just sad. And like, I miss the days of when we were kids and they were hunting for the playoffs. Oh my God. With a Finneganoff and Pierre and Hashik oh. and Drury and Hashed and Zitnik. Yeah, man. It's just, it was like that team when we were kids was stellar. And yeah. it feels like they have some pieces there. Mm-hmm. They just can never put it together. Right. Like it's like you should be building this team around Eichel and Dolly and your young talent mm-hmm. and making as many moves possible to improve this team whether it's younger whether it's younger talent or proven veterans like right. Wayne, Wayne Simmons could have come in here and helped with a playoff push I think yeah but we're not going to know that now and now Wayne Simmons is going to be that much older when we come back next year exactly so so yeah I, I would kill to go back to those days to watch those Sabres teams again man those guys were exciting to watch the the city loved them and I just couldn't imagine what it would be like having 
Buffalo Bills environment inside that stadium, that ice rink, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it would how be loud that would, it be. would be epic. If they ever made the playoffs, it'd be just like a, like the first I can just imagine the first Bills game that's a home playoff game is going to be so electrifying that yeah. you would literally have to be there to really understand that whole entire experience. And yeah. I think that's the same thing for the Sabres. The moment that they get a home playoff game, that stadium is going to go crazy, man. And it it's something that I don't think it's too much to ask being a Sabres and a Bills fan expecting both your teams to be in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, the droughts should once be done in your man. lifetime. Yeah, you know, the we <laughs> I feel like the Sabres have been droughting forever since I was, you know, since those guys left. You I know? think they have the longest playoff drought in hockey. It's just it's sad. Like you said, it's sad because being local fans, we just want to see our local teams do good because we don't get the media attention. We don't get the, you know, and that's that's helped out the Bills and the, the fans. Past. The fans are the media for right. these teams and the local media in Buffalo mm-hmm. and in Rochester and mm-hmm. some some Albany. Yep, like that. That's basically the coverage that they get, and it's sad because you know what? It's a professional sports organization yeah. that is just overlooked, right? In in football and in hockey. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, clearly the Pagulas believe in continuity, so that might be another reason why they brought back that GM. Yeah, but man. Like I said last week, man, that that whole trade with Ryan O'Reilly, it really just it 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 put such a sour taste in my mouth for Jason Botterill. Like I just want him gone. Yeah. Well, like, I, and just start over. And you know what? Continuity's great. Yeah. But when the guy isn't doing a good job, it's time to move on. Yeah. No, I, and I don't disagree with you. I, I bet they, you. If, they need to find the Brandon Bean of hockey, man. Yeah. They do. And, and I bet you that if they start off slow next year, he's going to be gone real quick. I don't think they're going to wait. They're going to get a guy in there who can get his scouts in and, you know, start assigning his his people to go investigate the players that he, he likes. So man, I really hope so. I think that that's what's going to end up happening. But, hey. It's just good to hear another sport opening up. The NHL, 24 teams doing a playoff bracket. It's it's just a good time. Yeah, I'm excited for the return of hockey, for and sure. The the world needs it. Honestly, the world needs it. Not yeah. just not just the states. A lot of people watch hockey, the NHL. So, Well, you know, Buffalo actually had like the third highest ratings for the NHL playoffs last year, even though they weren't in the playoffs. It right. Like, it, they would only be beat by the, te- like the cities yep. where the teams were playing from. Mm-hmm. And that tells me that no matter what, Buffalo loves hockey. Yeah. And if we had a, a winning team in Buffalo, or at least a team that could make the playoffs, it, it would be the best thing for the NHL. The following would be crazy. Yes. I mean, it. basically all the Bills fans are Sabres fans. So we're just waiting for the Sabres yeah, to turn around. We're just waiting for the Sabres to turn it around like the Bills. Did. I mean, it's taking time. We're talking about the process and on the Buffalo Bills, but like, it takes time. It took them three years to get where the Bills are at right yeah, now, and, it, I, and that was after 17 years. I just don't want them to waste Eichel's career. You know, like kind of like I feel like the Bills kind of wasted Kyle Williams' career. But you know what? Kyle Williams is a stand-up guy. He's he's a great guy, and he loves the city of Buffalo, and he knew that these fans loved him right. the whole time he was here, whether he was a winner or not. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. It's, it's tough being a Bills athlete or a Sabres athlete in this area. It really is, and we don't really talk about that a lot, but the Buffalo – fan base we're, we're tough guys we're hard critics we just we've already suffered so much losing that we just want to see constant growth in the right direction instead of yeah. feeling like we're constantly in the same pit digging the same hole that's what i that's see that's my feeling about the sabers is that, that we're in the same pit digging yep. the same hole and trying to like change directions and just continuing to go down right the bills on the other hand are a totally different story they i figured that right i out. have more confidence in this Bills front office than I've had in any Bills front office in my entire lifetime. Right. I, I, I absolutely agree with that. I've never had a complaint about any of these guys. So, you know, like we said, Botterill's back for another year. I think it's just like a, I think it's a timing move. It, just his scouts are already out there. It's more, they, they got more information now than just hiring a fresh guy. And hey, you know what? Maybe he hits money on the draft. Sabres turn around next year, and they're they're starting off hot. They stay hot. And I'm he gets hoping that, that extension. the guys he picked this year, this past year, pan out. It seems like Dylan Cousins is playing pretty good mm-hmm. in the ECHL. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that being said, we, we got a quick little shout-out. Uh, in case anybody hasn't heard, John Murphy is no longer part of One Bills Live. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that, man? Uh it's sad to me because I was actually a very big fan of John Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot. Some people don't particularly care for him. Yeah, which 
I can understand that like not everybody's perfect and not mm-hmm. everybody likes everybody and that's just part of the world. Yeah. But John Murphy was a big reason into why I wanted to start a podcast. And yeah. He's been my go-to source for Bill's information for as long as I can remember mm-hmm. from noon to three every day. Yeah. So during lunch, I turn it on, listen to it. If I When I go back to work, I'm listening to it until the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And on my ride home, I'm still listening to WGR. I'm listening to Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Yep. Or even here in Rochester, we have uh, the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. Yep. Those guys are interesting, too. I don't know if you've ever heard their Yeah, their I've, heard, I've heard them. I've heard yeah, them. they're fun. Uh, but yeah, John Murphy, I, him and the Bills organization kind of, it was a mutual breakup, it sounds like. That's what I heard. I, I saw that his contract was up next month. Uh, he was doing it. He he felt like it was time to leave this this position. He's still going to be calling the play-by-play for the Buffalo Bills, so we'll still hear him on Sunday Mafia. Don't worry about that. Uh, but yeah, he told he he came out, said his farewell, said it was more of a family decision. Wanted to be around the grandkids, wanted to have more time to socialize with them since all this uh, pandemic happening. And yeah, and he's sixty five years old. Yeah. Like he he doesn't know because of the. I think the pandemic kind of scared him a little bit. Like I I don't know how much time I got left. I right. got to spend it with my family, and, and I got to got to make more of an impact on my family. It's like uh, we said with Robert Woods in our last segment on the binge. At one point, you have to make a selfish decision. And yeah. it, sometimes that's on and off the field. I mean, this guy, like you said, getting up there in age, health can turn at any point once you hit a certain age, yeah, unfortunately for anybody. Look at Rick Jenneret. Yeah. Rick Jenneret called like half of the Sabres games that he usually does yeah. because of his health. And it's sad. It is. Rick Jenneret is the voice of the Sabres. Yeah. Just like to me, John Murphy is the voice, voice of, of the, the Bills. Bills. And I totally agree with that. I think he's going to be missed. I, I definitely listen to it every day, 12 to 3. He's definitely going to be missed. And, you know, John Murphy's had a great career even before he went to the Bills organizations and, and worked for them. I mean, he was in news. And so he he's had a wonderful career in radio. It's going to be hard for them to fill that hole of him. It is. They got Maddie Glab and Chris Brown taking over. And Steve Tasker. And Steve taking over. for. See, I feel time. like Steve Tasker is somewhat uncomfortable with being in kind of John Murphy's shoes. Right. I think that Steve's a little upset that John left Well, at the same time, too. Yeah, but at the same time, he's a professional. I'm sure he'll figure it out. I I, I think just that show is going to be missing a little a little something. Yeah, yeah. It, it Listening to it today on my way home, it, it definitely sounded like it was missing something. Yeah. And uh, I am just interested to see where it's going to go from here. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's going to be the same show, but it's, it's just not going to have the same sound. Right. Right. And I don't know if that's just because I'm so used to hearing John Murphy's voice on it. Yeah. But I can tell you what, it's going to make me appreciate Sundays that much more when I do get to listen to his, yeah. his play-by-play. Because I, I love his energy during the game. Oh, yeah. His familiar, familiarity with uh, the players. And it's just nice hearing him, man. He gets really into it. He, he goes nuts. I love listening to Murph. And, you know, Murph, can't thank you enough, dude. So thank you for your time here at Buffalo, giving us that opportunity to listen to you every day on a weekly basis, 12 to 3 on one bill's drive and uh one bills live one bills live sorry at one bills drive oh man yeah all right well anyway thanks okay. murph it was really a pleasure listening to you man i'm looking forward to hearing you on sundays yeah he uh he's been calling games since we were kids yep and i don't know when i don't know when exactly he started one bills live i know it was the john murphy show before that i don't know when exactly that started but i know that when we were kids he's been calling games and it just kind of makes me think back on the guys who played for the Bills over the years that kind of meant something to us growing up. And we, we grew up in the early 2000s watching the Bills. Be, yeah. We're, we're, we're kind of young. Yeah. Don't take that out on us. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it makes me think back to all those guys that we grew up watching and, and kind of. I, I'm curious to hear who one of your favorite players was when, you, when we were kids. When I was a kid, man, we had a lot of good players, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, we did. And it's kind of sad that I, like, I feel like a lot of them kind of waste, not wasted their career, but got stuck in a crap situation yep. by playing for the Bills mm-hmm. when Brady was so dominant. Yeah, I agree. But if I had to pick up any player, man, from the 2000s, man, back when I was a kid, I, I loved Travis Henry, dude. Yeah. I, I loved his style of running. 
I loved watching him match up against Ricky Williams twice a year because those guys, dude, they ran and they ran hard. I mean, Travis Henry was the definition of Buffalo at that time. Downhill yeah. runner, heavy hitter, dude. Like, yeah, I uh, now that you mention it, I do remember every time we would watch Bills games together as a kid, you would be like, "Hey, there's my boy. That's Travis Henry." Yep, yep. That's I don't really remember much about Travis Henry. Yeah. I, I remember he had a whole bunch of kids and a whole bunch of baby moms. <laughs> that's that's about all I remember yeah. about Travis Henry. That and he was he was a decent back. Well, there's there's one game that stuck out to me was when Williams I know it was a December game. Williams had like two hundred something yards, two hundred twenty seven yards, two touchdowns. Henry had like hundred and fifty one yards and a touchdown, and they were just going back and forth. It was like David and Goliath, dude, watching both those guys run, put their shoulders down. I mean those guys are, were just a different style running back that I that I don't think we really see today. You know, no, the, whole, the running back position has even changed a little. You still get the downhill runners, but I mean, these guys they were explosive. Like I would say, Saquon runs a lot like Ricky Williams and and Travis Henry would have. Yeah, very downhill, yeah, quick I cutter. Agree. You know, so yeah. The I, only difference is Saquon has that breakaway. Oh speed. yeah, man. Saquon's obviously a whole different talent in his own but i i would i would compare his bowling ball mentality very similar to ricky williams and travis henry yeah i mean those guys well ricky williams in particular was he was a guy that the saints traded away every draft pick they had for yeah which that'll never happen again right and the guy kind of ruined his career over pop but you know what hey it's stupid that yeah that that was even i mean I don't know, man. That's that's a touchy subject. It is, but hey, people are well, they can make their own decisions. But I'll tell you what, though, watching those guys go against each other in their prime was nice. It was fun. Football was smash mouth, and it was it was a different game back then. But so you ask me mine, mm-hmm. I, I say Travis Henry. Who do you got for me? Who was your damn your favorite Bill growing up? Or first one that comes to mind for you? First one that comes to mind, I'm gonna have to say Eric Moulds. Eric, Mister Moulds, man. Yeah. The reason for that is that when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And me and Eric Moulds had the same first name. And so I was like, yo, guys, hit me deep. I'm Eric Moulds. Well, yeah, when we were kids, we would like when we were playing baseball or football or something, we would definitely act as a player that day. Like one yeah. day I could be Kurt Warner or, or like Brett Favre and you guys are Randy Moss and Eric Moulds and Santana Moss, Fearless Price, Steve Smith. I mean, yeah. We had we had all those guys. We would always try to act out as them, and that was a fun time growing up, man. Yeah, and the reason that Eric Moulds was my favorite player growing up was because the guy just seemed like he was always open. Yeah. He he was putting up incredible numbers in like his second and third year and in the last few years of Kelly, and it was just it was fun to watch. The ki- the guy is just he's kind of forgotten in, in Buffalo sports, I feel like. Like mm-hmm. I feel like when when people talk about the great wide receivers, they always mention Andre Reed. Yeah. And they mentioned Steve Tasker because of his, his special teams play. But Eric Moulds, I feel like, is so underrated because he was on such bad teams. Yeah, I mean, like what a pro. Yeah. What a what a pro like, in a in crap the, organization. In the, the last twenty years, I can count on one hand like the true number one wide receivers that the bills have actually had and i think eric molds is at the top of that list of number one wide receivers yeah i mean he he went through so many quarterback changes offensive coordinators coaches always put up good numbers for bills like you said always had those number one receiver numbers and he really was he was a very bright spot on crap teams for the bills at that time yeah and I I enjoyed watching. It always it always seemed like with, when he would catch the ball that there was a glimmer of hope that we were winning the game. Yeah, and I know you were huge on Peerless Price too when they got him in molds. I mean those that duo was I think that duo in itself was underrated as, yeah. as a Buffalo duo. Yeah, I agree. Peerless Price, I I liked him mostly because of his name, but yeah. I do I do remember watching him as a kid and being like, hey, that guy moves pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he catches the ball pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. Uh, but. You know, times have changed. It's 2020 now. We got some new rookies coming in here. We got some off-season acquisitions we made, and hopefully some of these guys can stick with us and make new memories. Uh, who are you most excited about the Bills, like, picking up this year, man? Is there anybody that really stuck out to you or no? Yeah, there's uh, there's a few guys, actually. Yeah. Um, Gabe Davis and AJ Epinesa are the two biggest ones for me. Okay. Um, Gabe Davis mostly because I think that he's coming into a great situation in this locker room mm-hmm. with the Bills adding Stephon Diggs, 
having that veteran presence like John Brown and Cole Beasley, I think he's going to learn a lot behind these guys. He's pretty good. His college numbers back up his play style. Yeah. Is how I would describe it. And if you guys are interested in, in his numbers, we went over that in our Woodbine Sports podcast about the draft and covering the Bills and the Giants draft because our, our other partner on our other podcast is a big Giants fan. Yep. So, but yeah, AJ Epinesa, same thing. The guy is, is coming into a great situation with Jerry Hughes. He's, he's coming onto a, what I would say is a very stout defensive line. Oh, absolutely. With Hughes and Ed Oliver and Harrison Phillips. And you add a guy like, like AJ Epinesa who's got a high motor and he's yeah. going to go after the quarterback every play. Yeah. And let's not forget, they got Mario Addison this year. Great compliment to Jerry Hughes, in my opinion. They're pretty much the same style pass rusher coming off the edges. And if you can get them in a nice sub-nickel package, oh, man. Yeah, and Mario Addison, um, he's a cheaper alternative to Shaq Lawson, who has produced more over the last three years. Yeah, and I I saw the writing on the wall with Shaq oh, and, yeah. and Phillips. I mean... Don't get me wrong, Phillips, man. Jordan, I, I Jordan hold- Phillips' energy towards the mafia was awesome. I was holding out hope that he would stay. Yeah, but in the end, he was asking for way too much money. He had one good year. Yep. And I, I understand the mentality there with these guys when they have a good year. Yeah. It's a contract year, and hey, man, I'm on the upswing. Give me that. Give me that dough. Right. And then I'm like, no. Yeah. No. So I mean, you need, you need to prove it for more than one year to me to to make a huge contract and. It's a smart move that they didn't re-sign him for what he wanted. Same thing mind. with, in my mind, same thing with Shaq Lawson. I mean, oh, yeah. Shaq had his best year last year, but Shaq was one of those players, you know, since McBean took over. Streaky. They, they He's been streaky, but since McBean took over, he's like one of the only guys who's really stuck around since the Rex Ryan era. You know, he did what he had to do to get a nice contract somewhere else. It's just the Bills just didn't see the value with the price tag. That's it. And I am excited to see Shaq Lawson twice a year, though, for the Dolphins. Yeah. But like, I mean, I'm ex- I, I, the first time the Bills play the Dolphins, I'll show them some love. Yep. Second time, there ain't no more love. Hopefully, you don't get any sacks on us. But no, there ain't no love. If there is a sack in the first <laughs> game, the love stops. <laughs> but, you know, they let those guys go. But the Bills, man, they're stacked. The D tackle, they're stacked. The D line, they got Mario Addison, they got Jerry Hughes, Trent Murphy, Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips, um, Star Latulale. I mean, if anything, Quentin Jefferson. Even, even losing those two guys, they still upgraded at the position. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mario Addison, he's been one of the most consistent sack guys past three years. I mean, he's got like 30 sacks in three years or 40 sacks in four years, something like that. Yeah. And he's got a plenty of tread on the tire. I mean, he's he's coming into a, a system that actually made him who he is with Sean McDermott. And, and wa- he's getting the same defensive line coach in Washington that just came over from Carolina. He's walking into a great situation. Same thing with Vernon Butler. So... I don't think the Bills skipped to be. In fact, I think the Bills got better on the D-line this year. Yeah, and, don't, don't forget about Quentin Jefferson yeah, coming Quint- over from Seattle. I love that pickup, man. He's yeah. a hybrid D-N-D tackle. And I know... you know, he had, he had a good year for Seattle. Oh, yeah. He had his he had his career best over there, which got him a nice contract here in Buffalo to, to come out and show what he can do here. And what... Did, what You know, you can't hate the style defense you run. When you got... Right. When you're six, seven deep on that D-line, man... And you can just keep getting fresh legs. You're not skipping a beat, really, with any of these dudes. Right. And I, the acquisitions that they made in the offseason and what they did through the draft tells me that there are going to be some casualties on this this defense as far as cuts yeah. with, with veteran guys, like possibly Trent Murphy and Starla Tulele. Well, I hope they make the right decision with that because they are going to have a tough spot this year. I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah. Getting, getting AJ Epinesa did not help Trent Murphy's case right now because well, AJ's cheaper. Don't forget younger. about Daryl Johnson. And Daryl John, I mean, Daryl Johnson came out of the draft last year too, man. I yeah, mean, he was like a is... seventh round pick, and he had a, I mean, he had like two sacks last year. That's pretty solid for a seventh round pick. Yeah, if you ask he, me. he contributed to that defense last year, and he was fun to watch. Yeah, he's gonna have a hard time making this team this year. Yeah, that takes me to the other point: is they got so much talent up front on on the front seven, but I'm I'm still kind of worried about that right outside linebacker spot. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I, wa- I wanted them to address that through the draft really bad. Right. And we were talking about that in our other podcast. Mm-hmm. We were saying that Zach Bond would have been the perfect player he for would that have. position. The only thing that frightens me a little bit about that is he, we just don't know what style of player we're going to get there. I'm Hugh John Thompson. He's been here for years. He's been on our practice squad and everything. So I'm hoping he steps up. 
They went out, they got AJ Klein from the Saints, but he's another guy who, you know, was playing underneath Sean McDermott. Yeah. And he started his career in Carolina. So it's nice to know that Klein's coming into a a familiar familiar situation. Yeah. And somewhat. He's he's a he's a little removed from it, but you can say the same thing about Josh Norman, who they just brought in. Yeah. But I mean, think about this, dude, though. Think about this. If they if they find that they're weak at right outside linebacker and we got all this talent up front, here's my hot take. The Bills go 5-2 defense. I'd love it. I think that the, the personnel that they have at the moment could do it. Could do it 100%. And you would have constant pressure from up front. Yeah. Jerry Hughes, Addison on the outside. You'd have A.J. Epinesa and uh, Harrison and, and you and know that in the you middle. Could, you could do lots of different things coverage-wise oh, yeah. that way with dropping guys off the line. I know, I know that you don't really want defensive linemen doing coverage. But Jerry but, Hughes played 3-4 for Rex and did yeah. just fine. Not to mention he was a hybrid at TCU coming out. Yeah. I, I actually like that idea, but I'm sure they won't. I'm sure they'll stick with their four three base, but it yeah, would be interesting is, to is, see that. It's fine. Yeah. They it's don't it. they don't run their four three base for the entire game. No, they got they're more they of like a nickel packages. guys. Yeah. They they like their big nickels and stuff like that, which that, I think that's gonna be the play for most of the year, honestly, is big the nickel. big the big nickel. At yeah. least on first and second down. We'll see how that plays out. That's just my biggest concern. Other than that, I think the Bills match up very well with anybody across the league. They got versatility in all the positions they need to to really make things hard for opposing offenses. I think we're more versatile this year than we've ever been. That's interesting to me that you picked your biggest acquisitions and your biggest like keys of the Bills team this year is the defense. My favorite acquisition of the whole offseason, honestly, draft and everything, was getting Quentin Spain back. I agree. That's a, that's a big one. He didn't give up a sack last year. Dude, we got a hometown discount. This is the first guy that I can honestly remember, other than the lifers we've had, like Kyle Williams mm-hmm. and stuff. He's the first guy I can honestly remember who whose contract was up, knew he was worth more, and chose to pick family over the money. I Honestly, you and know what I think Buffalo. it is? I think it's he he gelled so well with that offensive line last year. Yeah. That you can't split it up and I think he knew that deep down like if I leave it's going to be a I'm going to be just starting over in a new situation with guys I'm not familiar, super familiar with. with. Yep. He, I mean they made a playoff push last year. So he yeah. knows that we just got Steph Diggs, you know? We just made a playoff push without Steph Diggs. What the hell are we going to do with? This offense got way better this offseason. Yeah, this offense is is in the best position that I have seen it in in many yeah. years. I just think that this move was so underrated and under the radar for the Bills. I I really do think this was the best decision the Bills made all season, and I'm so happy Quentin came back. Like Graham said, zero sacks last year, and keeping continuity across that front five for Josh Allen is not only good for Josh, but it's good for the linemen. Like Graham, you were saying, man, like going into a new situation, who knows? You yeah. got different responsibilities. You got different check calls. You got... So it's another learning process. He's walking into a very familiar situation. Yep, so he's got all the same guys next to yep. him, the same coach, the same game pl- or the same scheme. Yep, and and, and and the same quarterback behind him. And people take for granted that continuity on the offensive line is is huge. You can't just plug and play guys. And I mean, you can. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work nearly as well. Honestly, this was the biggest surprise of the team to me yeah. last year. Yeah, the offensive it was. line. Those it guys was. gelled well together. I know you're a big fan of John Feliciano mm-hmm. as well. But even Spencer Long, yeah, when he when he had to when he had to come in and be serviceable when Mitch Morris was out and yeah. when Feliciano went down and when Ty Insecki went down, you know we got Ty Insecki as a backup. We've got Spencer Long as a back. These are guys who started for offenses, were productive. Yeah, they, they, they honestly could be starters on other teams right now. The one thing, the one move that I kind of liked that we kept was that Bates kid that we got from the Eagles. Yeah, Ryan Bates. I thought that that was such he's, a sneaky move because he, he, he's like a utility guy. He can go line. anywhere. He, yeah, he can play any position. The same thing. Spencer Long can play pretty much anywhere on yeah. the line too. So having two guys that can swing between any position, yeah, is very crucial this year. I think. I think. I really hope that Mitch Morris can stay healthy. Yeah. Even though when Feliciano came in to play center, it was it, didn't he, skip a beat. No, nothing changed. Yep. That offensive line, the group of guys that they brought in last year, shows me that this that. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are very, very, very serious about doing a good job, and they yeah. have done an amazing job at acquiring free agent talent. Oh my god, yeah, the this last is three this years. has got to be one of the best offensive lines we've had in a while, man. Like, yeah, and just getting another year of both your backups and your starters back—that's so exciting for Josh Allen to see that. Yeah, the fact that they didn't draft an offensive lineman this year shows me that they really do have faith in this offensive line and want oh, to yeah. keep them together, and that should translate well with the players yep like they should they i'm sure that they can read the writing on the wall like yeah 
they didn't bring anybody in. They want us. Yeah. They want us to keep doing a great job. And that's got to feel good. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about Justin Herbert, the the owner coming out here on our other podcast, Woodbine, Woodbine Sports. The GM for the Chargers said we're going to take whoever's there. Yeah. Out whoever, of the top three quarterbacks. Yeah, whoever's left. We're you know, so I'm would, sure... Dude, I'm, that would piss me off. Oh, if yeah. I was, if I was Justin Herbert, I'd be like, really? You guys didn't like... <laughs> Like want really me, like, want me, want me. Yeah, right. like okay, I guess I'm just a consolation. And they prize. wonder, and they wonder why Eli Manning didn't want to play for him, right? Yeah, <laughs> just throwing that back. But yeah. anyway, and they wonder why Philip Rivers wanted out. Honestly, I'm I'm excited that they got the continuity back on that offensive line. It's going to be a big help to Josh Allen's progression going forward, and it's only going to help this offense. That to me was the biggest move. The 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 most interesting move to me that the Bills made this year was the addition of Josh Norman. I kind of had a feeling you were going to say that because. Yeah. Why not, right? Josh Norman making his name out in Carolina with McDermott. Yeah, and coming back into a system that he's very familiar with. Right. And back to a coach who made his career, basically. Mm-hmm. Made him that shutdown corner that he was in Carolina. Yep. It sucks that he went to Washington and had some down years. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of gotten the name of being a guy that doesn't play well after he makes his money. But I think he's going to come into here, and I think he's going to have a resurgence in his career. The scheme that... McDermott plays is going to work very well for Josh Norman here, especially being paired up with Trey White and having Micah Hyde and Jordan Poy over at the top. I think he's going to he's going to shut guys down, and I think that this secondary should be a secondary that scares this entire league. That's why I think we are so versatile. I'm really excited to see how well we match up with everybody because we got the Josh Normans, because we've got the Saran Neals and the Joquan Johnsons. You know, the guys you don't really hear about that have been in this system for a little while now that have been behind Poyer, been behind Hyde and Tredavious. I mean, Taron Johnson, we've got, you know, people have come here and they've resurged their career kind of like Johnson last year. Yeah. That not, uh, and Levi Wallace was undrafted. Yeah. And he came in and he, he, he's been a serviceable starter for the last couple of years. Yep. And I, I'll tell you what, that's his job to lose. I think Josh is going to have to come in here and show he still has something left in the tank. I don't think they're just going to give him that job. I think that Josh Norman is going to take that job easily. You think so? Uh, yeah, mostly because last year it seemed like Levi Johnson struggled, and that then they had to end up splitting time between him and Kevin Johnson. Yep. Did I say Levi Johnson? I meant Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace. Yeah. yeah. All right, we all knew what you meant. Yeah, but but yeah, you I know to clarify, and that that brings us back again. You know, the EJ Gaines coming in here too, as well as Josh Norman, another guy that used to play for the Bills had had a resurgence here in Buffalo, got a nice contract in Cleveland, ended up not working out for him, and now he's back. But we can all say that. The depth in the secondary this year is it's going to be beneficial to a lot of the other teams around the NFL because yeah. we're going to end up cutting a good guy. Oh, yeah. Somebody's definitely getting cut out of here who can play. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be sad to see, but that's got to be a nice problem to have being Brandon Bean. Oh, yeah. You know, it's got to be. I think that's the problem that they want to have every year. Every year. And every position. Yeah. I, th- I think that this year. With the additions they made through the draft, the additions that they made through trades, the additions that they made through free agency, and then the returning guys, you have that at a lot of your positions. Yeah. You have that depth that if you cut somebody, they're probably getting picked up right away. Probably. This this year, the Bills just have a different... I have a different feeling about them, man. It, it, I just feel like Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier know what they're doing on that defense to a T. They brought up, they've always brought out the best in their players. I mean, just look at Matt Bellano. Look at... Look at what they've done with him, man. Yeah. This is a fifth-round pick. Comes in. He's making a name for himself. Probably should have went to the Pro Bowl last year. And yeah, he, they, they, they've done a great job. Jordan Poyer, somebody you never really heard of until he came to Buffalo. But McDermott knew him from past teams, you know? Yeah. Comes in, makes a name for himself. They're getting the best out of Poyer. And Micah Hyde took that next step when he mm-hmm. came to Buffalo. He was already pretty well known around the league yep. when he was playing for the Packers. But when he came to Buffalo, he made a name for himself. He did. And everybody loves him, you know? And yeah, that that's the other thing I'm excited about, man, is just not just are we versatile, but they got the same guys. The way that this secondary gels, it just, it is the most exciting thing in football to me. Yeah. And th- this is, I know that that's kind of crazy. Like I know that there's more exciting parts to the game, but the way that these guys gel off the field, is so exciting, like in the Bills embedded yeah. from last year, when you see Trey White and and Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde all hanging out and talking to yeah. each other. And, yeah, yeah. And Trey White's like a little brother. Yeah. Like he just gets picked on and then he 
does something stupid. Oh, Trey's definitely the little brother. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, we've gone to the the blue and red practices or the blue and white practices that they throw yeah, out. The ret- it's the return of the blue and the red. Yeah, so we've, we've gone to that the past couple of years. And, man, he's always excited. He's always hanging out with the fans. He's always, you know, the energizer bunny. That's how I like to view him. He's the energizer yeah. bunny of the team. And I'll tell you what, he definitely gets Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde in trouble because he definitely is that little brother. Oh, right? yeah, he's, he's definitely one of the most exciting guys on the field. Yeah. Like last year when he picked up that play sheet and he started reading it yep. in the middle of the game, that was hilarious. I mean, that's just man. awesome personality, man. Yeah. I, he's a great guy, great fit here in Buffalo, and I hope next year that Brandon Bean, smart, you know, he's always played smart. Yeah. But I hope he's real smart next year and signing Matt Milano and Trey White to keep to keep this going because this is something we haven't had in a while. It's something I want to hold on to. Oh, 100 percent. You're never going to get another unit that gels like this in Buffalo. For Honestly, a while. I think that Trey White's going to be the best corner in the NFL this year. He could be. Dude, he, he had, was he was. <laughs> I know that people are going to say. That Stefan Gilmore is the best corner in the NFL. That is bullshit, because yeah. you know what? Trey, Trey White had better numbers than him. He, he, did. he didn't give up a touchdown all last season. Dude, yeah, I, I know you don't have to trust me. You don't have to convince me. Yeah. I know Trey White's the best. It's OK, but. You know, I'm I'm sick and tired of seeing good players get out of here. I'm sick and tired of watching them prosper somewhere else. It's nice to see the Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean coming in here, getting the Leslie Frazier's and their Eric Washington's, you know, the defensive line coach they just yeah. brought in. And they're getting the best out of their players. And I just hope that they keep it. They keep what they've grown. They keep what they've Yeah, it just produced. feels it feels like the last couple of years, or not the last couple of years, but before Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott got here, it kind of felt like we were sort of like a farm team for the the rest of the NFL. Yeah, it does. Like we would develop some of these guys into into pretty good players and then they'd go somewhere else and just take off. Yeah, and, and do great for themselves. But I want that to stay here. I'm excited to see, you know, what this draft class does. Like you brought up Gabe Davis. I'm excited to see that. Because I'll tell you what, man. If Gabe Davis comes out and exceeds all expectations or just plays exactly how he's how they envision him playing, I honestly think the Bills have one of the best receiving cores in the league. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it's underrated at this point. Cole Beasley is up there for top he five just, slot he just, receivers. He just had his career year last year. Same thing with Brown. Yeah. So you got the same line. It just tells me that this team, if, if you're bringing in guys that are, are household names like John Brown and Cole Beasley, at least they are to me. Yeah. Um, and you're bringing them in and they're having their career years, their first year with your, your organization, that, that you're doing something right. A hundred percent. I mean, these guys made a name for themselves in other organizations, but did never had the years that they had right last year with the Bills. And that's exciting. You know, I mean. We're adding a, a Stefan Diggs to this mix of guys who just had career years. This is just going to open up the whole entire offense. I'm excited to see. Yeah, it's going to be hard to stop. It really is, especially when you got Zach Moss now and you got Devin Singh. I mean, there's a lot to worry about. You got to worry about Josh running and throwing. Mm-hmm. He's either going to throw the ball 80 yards downfield, or he's going to run it for 80 yards. You got to worry about Devin Singletary catching, running out of the backfield. Not to mention Josh Allen can hurdle people. Yeah, Zach Moss, man. I'm telling you, man, this kid's going to bring the element of the Buffalo Bills running back we've been waiting for. So again. we in our other in our other binge podcast, we said that the Bills are going to go 12 and four. How far into the playoffs do they go? Because obviously, with a 12 and four record, you're making the playoffs with this extended man, playoff bracket. I'll tell you what, if we get that home home field, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. Damn, but this this I team, I, I agree with you there. This, but but damn, this team will go as far as Josh Allen will take them. This team is set up to win right now. The I agree. only The only hole we have is right outside linebacker. And if teams find out a way to exploit that, or I could be completely wrong. AJ Klein could come in here and just totally kill that position and totally take it over, make a name on this defense for himself. Yeah. Josh Allen has the pieces around him now. I mean, we got Dawson Knox, Tyler Croft, Moss, Singletary, Diggs, Beasley, Brown. That's going to be hard, man. That, and hopefully Gabe Davis has a, a breakout year as a rookie. Yep, and I and I know it was hard to watch that and, loss and, last year. And a full returning offensive line. Right. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I know it was hard to watch that loss last year. I know Yeah. it was very frustrating as a Bills fan, but I'll tell you what, that was the best that was the best I felt being a Bills fan in a long time. Getting oh, yeah. to that moment, we earned that right to be there. Honestly, care. you know what? I think that we should have won that game. I think that that whole second half kickoff thing really screwed us. And the Cody Ford hit in the back. Yeah, that, that was, was that was bizarre, man. I mean that that game felt like it was rigged. Yeah, you know it did, but that could also be bias on our part. We're yeah, fans, I mean but, it is, but you know what? 
he's going to take, he has everything he needs to really succeed this year. Josh does. And I know it was hard watching that last year, but he's, he's proven he, he grows. And you know what, man, if anything, that playoff game taught him a very, very valuable lesson. Oh yeah. About how he needs to play and how he needs to not put the whole game on his shoulders yep. and he needs to rely on the guys around him. And I think that this team, like you said, it is set up that he can rely on the guys around him. Yeah. He can definitely rely on Stefan Diggs. Oh yeah. He can a hundred percent rely on John Brown, which he proved last year. Like yeah. John Brown thousand yards yards receiving. Yeah. So and Cole Beasley so, is a safety outlet. Dawson Knox proved himself valuable in this offense. And like we said, with this run game now, I would like to see Dawson Knox take another step up this year. And I think he will. I think yeah. I think Tyler Croft, you know, the potential has always been there for the young man, but he's just unfortunately always been hurt. And Dawson took full advantage of that opportunity last year with Kroon being down and Croft going down. He stepped right in and we got a Rambo on our hands. He's an animal. Yeah. He'll go crazy. And like we said last week, man, we were right there for that hit. Yeah. And it sounded like that dude's teeth were on the field. <laughs> yeah. But back back to what we were saying. It, it, Josh is going to take us there if, if he can take us there. And I honestly think if everything, if everything goes right, Josh Allen could be in the running for MVP this year. Yeah, I could see that. Cause he, just because of how he plays, the only thing is, is that Lamar Jackson could, ha- could have another huge year. Crazy year. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Patrick Mahomes could have another huge year. Yep. It's, it's, the AFC is very the, the next 10 years is going to be a very tight race and it's I think that, I think that the Bills are going to be in it the whole time. Absolutely. I mean just the way that they've built this team I I've said it a million times. The guys that they have behind their starters have been here for more than a year or two, yeah. most of them, you know, and that's across the whole entire roster including our backup quarterbacks and it's just the continuity they have here. They're, they're building this for long-term success. That's what they've always said they wanted to do uh, from day one. They wanted to be Patriot-esque. They wanted to have a dynasty, not just a team that they can throw out there for a year and throw out half of them and have to start over again. You know, They, they restructured their contracts. They've redone the deals they've had to do to, to help them with the cap to get to this point. Um, so times are it's an exciting time to be a Bills fan, man. And I honestly think that this team is just going to go as far as Josh will take them. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And the way that they set up contracts for guys, I do think that they're going to end up dropping a couple guys, possibly Tyler Croft, possibly Starla Tulele, possibly Trent Murphy. Right. Those are right. the three guys off the top of my head that I think will be cap casualties this year. Well, they, very, they very well could be. Like I said, unfortunately, Tyler Croft's been injured. You got production out of a guy Same that you thought was going to be a second, third string guy behind Jason Kroom and Tyler Croft, Dawson yeah. Knox. And that's what Sean McDermott preaches. You know, it's next man up. I don't, we don't have time to. He doesn't want to skip the beat. Right. So they, they've done that to this point. And, and that's where this team is at. And that's why I think we have the capability. We really do to win every game this year. We have, it's always there. Yeah. We're never out of a game start when that first whistle blows. And you know what? He said that, he said that the first year that he was here, that we will be in every game and we will be competitive. Right. And he was. Yeah. Second year, same thing when they thought that they were tanking. They were competitive, mm-hmm. maybe not the first couple of weeks. Yeah. After that, they were very competitive. They were in every game. Well, and I'll tell you what, man, if it's even close in the fourth quarter and Josh Allen has a chance to get the ball, I'm telling I feel so good when Josh Allen the, has the ball. The only game that I remember last year that he lost in the fourth quarter, not necessarily him losing it, but the that he wasn't able to come back in was that Ravens game. Yeah. And it came down to literally a fifteen yard play. Yeah. So and his red zone, his red zone efficiency in the fourth quarter is off the charts. He, uh, didn't, he didn't throw a red zone interception at all last year. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. He's underrated across this nation, man. And I'm telling you, he's going to have a coming out party this year. He's got the tools around to really, really it's take a step pe- forward. It's because people around the nation only look at stats. Right. They don't look at how this guy leads this team. Yep. How this guy controls the game. Mm-hmm. How he gets better from week to week and his decision making gets better from week to week. Which yeah. we didn't exactly see in the playoff game. Like he made some bad decisions, but you know what? He is gonna learn from that and he's it some of those young quarterback mistakes are gonna be a thing of the past this year, I think. Right. And you know what? That that brings me to one other thing, man, is I'm happy as hell that uh Governor Cuomo up here has allowed 
the the sports to get back to their training camps. They've allowed teams to get come in and yeah. you know start throwing, getting in with meetings and stuff like that. So I think that was well needed. And I hope as I hope as time goes on, more states start to do that because you can really tell that a lot of guys need this. I've I've seen that New Jersey has opened up. Um, Pennsylvania is talking about opening up. Mm-hmm. I know parts of Canada have opened up for hockey. Yeah. Uh, it, it's. It's just exciting because it gives you hope that it's going to be coming back sooner than a lot of people. Think. Oh, right. And honestly, I just think that some players need this sport to to stay out of trouble and, and to keep their head straight. You know, I'm, unfortunately, we had an incident with that Oliver. I have nothing against this kid, though, man. No, he's, neither he's do a, I. He's a young kid. People make mistakes. Um, but I don't think there's a better team that he could be on right now, having gone through something like this or anybody, for that matter, whoever makes a, a little mistake in life this right. is the team and that's e- built even, even to if, help even if this is a large mistake yeah which i would say it is because obviously somebody could have died right he could have gotten an accident and, and severely injured himself and that could have devastated his family it could have devastated his career his career the community yep um it's it's a tough situation and it's a bad look, but you know what? We got to rally around this young man. Yeah, and, we do. And show him that we're not going to quit on him because you know what? People make mistakes. Like they do. You said. We've all made mistakes, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, it doesn't make us bad people for making a mistake. But like you said, Grant, I think it, the right thing to do is to come around this kid. He's young. He, what were we doing when we were 22 and younger? You know, I mean, the we, same were, thing. we were being Idiot stupid. Stuff. So. We're, it's not right for us to judge him. He knows it's wrong. The, I'm sure the coaching staff has been on him about his decisions, and there's just going to have to be things that get set in place so this doesn't happen again. But c- bringing him back here around his teammates is where he needs to be. Yeah, and I'm and I'm just happy that that's going to happen sooner than later for him. Yeah, and you're right. A lot of these guys do need football to stay out of trouble. They do, and it's it's just it's a sad reality, but it is reality, and we all need to live in that, and we need to know that. People can do some horrific things. Yeah. Luckily, nothing bad happened in this case. He got pulled over. The cops did their job, and no- nothing happened. Yep. And that that's that's the end of it. He's apologized. Mm-hmm. He said it was dumb, and, and you know what? Yeah. It is what it is. You know, crazy things happen, but w- sometimes we can't control certain circumstances. And, you know, I'm not saying that for Ed. Obviously, he had every... He had control of the situation. He knew what he was doing, and that's why I'm saying he knows it was wrong. But I, I don't think the worst thing we can I think the worst thing we can do right now is is leave him out in the dust. I think it's it's the right move to get behind him because I'll tell you what, man. There's a lot of guys out there this off season that their careers are up in question, and based on everything yeah, else lot, that happened, a lot happened, of guys getting in trouble for domestic violence, yep. get, uh, robberies, like just just things that you would. You wouldn't think, think our, an NFL person would do. Yeah, or things that are just totally avoidable. I mean, not saying that Ed Oliver's thing isn't totally avoidable, but like it's pretty avoidable. Yeah, just just guys getting into trouble for such dumb things, yep. and, and like it just shows you that sports are just a huge part of a lot of people's lives. Like, exactly. I just I know that sports are a huge part of my life. Same. You know, let's rally around this kid. Uh, we love you, Ed, and uh, you know we hope you do good for us here. But I think the worst case scenario, he misses four games on a suspension and. Yeah, probably. He might even appeal it. You know, what if it's his first time offense? You know, like we say, he's a young kid and uh, he's only got the brightest future ahead of himself. Yeah. As long as he keeps his head on straight, that's all. He also, I understand that he's young and I know that we're kind of using that as an excuse, but he also does need to realize that he was drafted ninth overall by yep. the Bills in the first round. And whether he thinks it or not, he is a role model to a lot of young people. Exactly. And, and, you, and he needs to do a better job of making better decisions. And you're absolutely right. I mean, there's no excuse for it. I'm not saying, you know, what he did was right or wrong or, or it was wrong. I'm not saying what he did was right. I just think everybody makes mistakes. Yep. He can need, he yeah. can definitely rebound from this. He This is not the end of him. And uh, those same kids are still going to love him as long as going forward, you know, he, he is that role model they need. Yeah. He's got the capability of doing that. He's in, like I said, he's in the right organization with the right people and, uh, I don't think there's a better situation for him coming off of the offseason. Yeah, I I agree, and I'm I'm just hoping that he's coming in and he's ready to, ready to work. Because yeah. I know if if I were Coach McDermott, I'd be making him work his ass off. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure you would. But uh, I'm real excited to see uh, not only the players that we've acquired, uh, the draft picks we've acquired, but 
we saw the O-line coach come in last year, Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did very well with that offensive line, as we spoke earlier, that continuity they have there that they brought in a lot of new faces and they got them to gel quickly. And I think that had a lot to do with Johnson. And, you know, I'm really excited to see what Washington does for us on the defensive side of the line now, coming from Carolina, having worked with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. Yeah, me too. And I, I think that this defensive line that we have is already like, it's already in a very good place. I am hoping that this guy can take some of these younger guys and make them take that next step at Oliver being one Epinesa Harrison Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. Like the, those, those younger guys are going to be the future of this organization. And, and if this guy can come in and help teach them a little something, like I know that last year, Kyle Williams worked very closely with that Oliver and it showed yep. they're very similar builds. And I'm hoping that this guy can just continue that and just make him that much better. Yeah. And I think he will. I mean, Great success in Carolina. Made a name for himself out there, uh, both with and without Sean McDermott. But I'm excited. I think it's a good time to be a Bills fan. Unfortunately, the Sabres are going to miss out on this uh, 2014 playoffs. We can't be too excited about that, but at least another sport's coming to us in the world. And we could all use sports because, you know, like Graham stated, sports mean more to people than some might think. So, uh, hey, we're happy to have you tag along for another week here at the Buffalo Binge. it's been a it's been a blast. Like I said, I hope you guys had a great weekend, Memorial weekend, and uh, have a safe week at work. You know, stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. I know they're opening up a lot more, but we still got to be cautious and do be our patient. due diligence. Be patient. And uh, sports are right around the corner, people. We're almost there. We're almost out of this. And uh, one Buffalo, right? One Buffalo. What do you got, Graham? Well, I, I just want to say thanks everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate all the support and. You guys have been helping us blow up our Instagram page. We really appreciate it. Um, in case you don't know, our Instagram is woodbine underscore sports. And we post daily, not just podcast stuff. We post news. We post ev- all the sports stuff, past events, uh, on this day stuff. We hope you really enjoy it. And if you want to get a hold of our other podcast, it's called Woodbine Sports. You can find that on Spotify and apple and google we really appreciate all the support guys yeah thank you very much again for tuning in we're happy to have you tag along and we'll talk to you next week say goodbye grand binge on binge on see ya, see ya.